Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Comics. I'm Todd A. And once again, uh, Taylor is not with me. He is in Italy on his honeymoon. So I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, Lainey uh, of Comics Unlimited, um, which is the store I've been going to for years. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so this is um, possibly an awkward version of Coffee and Comics because we're actually doing this at a coffee shop out in public. Um, not live, though, but we've never done that before. So you are a real guinea pig. It's exciting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah. Um, I asked you if you wanted to do this show and asked you if you were a coffee drinker, and you said you are not. But what are you drinking today? Um, it's a <laughs> lavender latte made with, I don't know, did you choose it's almond soy. or soy? It's, with yeah. soy milk? Um, and it's still a mystery if it's actually tea or coffee. Yeah, no, no determination on that. Um, I'm drinking my general, usual iced vanilla latte, but it is really delicious. We're at uh, Coffee Tail in Huntington Beach. Um, this one's a, like a richer coffee. And now that you've listened to a couple of episodes, you know I don't know anything about coffee. So <laughs> just <laughs> <Me> like <neither. laughs> good or bad is all I can and can rate them with. Um, anyway, we I asked Lainey to do uh, this particular episode um, because you run a monthly comic book and novel, graphic novel uh, book club at Comics Unlimited called <laughs> Comics Bang. Yes, Comics I almost, You just told me that and I almost <laughs> forgot it. Um, yeah, so uh, last month you read um, Punk Rock Jesus by Sean Murphy and I was unable to attend the meeting. I've never attended one. I'm very sorry. Um, but I thought it'd be cool to get together and talk about this book because I did read it. I did pick it up intending to go to the club. Um, yeah, so that's what we're, we're talking about today. It's called Punk Rock Jesus. It is by Sean Murphy, who also did Batman White Knight, which, which Taylor and I talked about a few episodes ago. Um, what made you pick this for Com Comics Bang? I keep wanting to say Comedy Bang because of that <laughs> podcast, Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah, it's um, a Comics Bang. It's supposed to be Comics Books and Novels group. We had yeah. a really hard time picking the name, and then people thought it was a dating service for a moment, but it wasn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like uh, we the chose acronym. It. I think we, we had already read like a, a few books that Sean Murphy illustrated. We read Chrononauts. Um, <sighs> what else? We read something else, now... I can't remember. We read a lot of Mark Millar, too. So. Wow. Uh, but we definitely have some fans, and some of the other members in the book club had brought it up, and we were trying to sell it without trying to pitch it, but it got enough people interested that when we took the vote at the end of the night, they were like, well, let's read Punk Rock Jesus. Okay. Oh, we, we, we had just finished reading Tokyo Ghost. That was the other one. Wait, did Sean Murphy have something to do with that? Yeah. What? He illustrated it. <laughs> oh, my God. I've got to catch up so hard on that. I, for some reason, I thought Tokyo Ghost was the same illustrator of Black Science because it's a Rick Remender book. Um, yeah, it's okay. got Hollingsworth on it, Remender, and, and Murphy. Oh, my God. Okay, so that and Chrononauts. Um, yeah, I'll just check off this question. I was going to ask you, what other Sean Murphy books should I read? All of them. Yeah. Joe the Barbarian. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, he did a run on American Vampire. He did a Hellblazer, City okay. of Demons, getting older stuff. Wow. Yeah, I did some stuff for Dark Horse. What of those, uh, where does Punk Rock Jesus fall in the chronology of that? <clears throat> oh, that's a good question. It came out in 2012. Uh, so that was before The Wake with Snyder. And I think that was before Chrononauts, too. But it okay. was, um, I don't think it was his first endeavor in doing solo stuff, but it was kind of like the first big one that he did with DC because he had just become like Vertigo's golden child coming off of Joe the Barbarian. Oh, okay. And then, you know, later he was doing stuff for like Batman and all kinds right. of stuff. 
Okay, that makes sense. I mean, um, there's an afterword that we'll talk about later uh, in the book, and it it's clear that he was working on this maybe before he was even a professional right. in the comics industry. So, uh, I when I, as I read it, I wasn't sure if this was like his debut kind of uh, as both writer and artist or what. Um, yeah, but, not I don't know, not quite. Like he had already done some other stuff, you know, but um, yeah. it was kind of like I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't say debut as a writer, but I would say it was probably his first big solo okay. thing. It was, um, I mean, it's definitely, you know, it looks like a Vertigo book, of course, on the outside, but on the inside, it is on newsprint paper, and it is a very deliberately printed to look like a punk rock scene. Um, Maximum Rock and Roll is the one that jumped to my mind. Uh, I didn't know if you had anything else to to add there, if you knew about the origins of it, but it is... Um, I love that it's in black and white. I know yeah. um, some people are really put off without color. And I'm like, you need to appreciate this line work. <laughs> You're insane. The inks on this are amazing. Yeah. Um, and I remember actually at the time when it was coming out and when Joe the Barbarian had ended, Joe Weems, who's you know amazing at inking, uh, would come into the shop and complain to me about how good Sean Murphy was. <laughs> so I'm going to throw him <laughs> under the bus. I don't know if he'll ever hear it. But <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's really heavy on the blacks, but, um, like you said, the line work just has to be appreciated. It's the characters, uh, I don't know. I just, I got a real personality from each of them, not just on the art, but, um, even on his writing and the characterization of them, which I thought was really impressive. And of course I read it thinking like, this is the first thing he's ever written and illustrated. So I was really wrong on that, but, um. Uh, I thought maybe the best way to get into the book and what it's about, because for me, it couldn't be summed up, but like that back cover thing did not sum it up very well for me. When I sell it to people, I feel like I'm dating myself because I always like, oh, it's like the Truman Show, that Jim Carrey movie, no, I, I, but about a Jesus clone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, that is uh, really succinct. Um, yeah, so I, I was seeing it as like, there's story layers we're going to have to talk about. And where do you even start peeling that onion apart? But there is a giant corporation called J2 uh, run by, is his name Slate? I think yeah, is the guy. Yeah, I think it's Rick Slate. And um, so he's just sort of the evil corporate tyrant. Um, and their whole plan is to clone Jesus Christ from DNA that they find on the Shroud of Turin. <laughs> For and TV. Then, and yeah, and televise the whole thing. Um, yeah, so that's kind of that layer. And then every character has like a different motivation under that. Um, he hires this doctor to run the cloning named Dr. Epstein. Um, and she is taking the job only so that she can, it, he, because it, uh, Slate will fund her research on an algae that eats CO2 and will purify the atmosphere. Uh, <laughs> Saving the earth. Right. And then they have to, but then Slate has to cast a woman to give birth to this Jesus clone. So that's Gwen. Um, Very naive, yeah. Yeah, so it's just kind of like a, there's like that reality show layer. Um, she, of course, you knows what she's signing up for, that everything will be televised. There's no surprise there. Uh, and then there is this other character that, strangely enough, the book starts with named Thomas McHale, who, uh, boy, he has a really rich backstory that, I love Thomas so much. Uh, the book club <laughs> argued whether it was Chris, uh, who's the Jesus clone, or, or Thomas that was the hero of the book, if he was the oh, main character. Oh, wow. Um, 
and I think it kind of changes. I think that's what we settled yeah. on. Like the first half is Thomas, and then the second half is maybe Chris. But uh, yeah, yeah, our, our punk, <laughs> our yeah. IRA, Irish devout Catholic punk. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, it starts, it opens with um, it's sort of Thomas's origin story, which is that his parents are, uh, there's a raid on their house, they're Irish, um, and we're made to believe that it's like the, I, or not the IRA that has raided him, but the dirty Ulster Protestants that have, have shot and killed them, and Thomas is rescued by uh, his uncle, um, and sort of the uncle swears he's going to turn him into the kind of man that his father wanted him to be. Uh, and that's how it opens. I didn't, <laughs> that to me was like, I, you know, uh, when I picked it up in the shop and sort of flipped through those first few pages, I did not know where the story was going to go after that. Like <laughs> I was sure that, um, anyway, he, he is hired by uh, J two to be their security consultant and like run their whole security. So, uh, yeah, that IRA background comes in and, like flashbacks, I guess, and then he just straight up tells the story to uh, someone else. I can't remember the um, the other guy's name. That's like his technical. Uh, Tim. Yes, I loved Tim. him. Yeah, he's a stand-up guy. I wish he had more in the book. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then uh, and and then I guess well, I don't know how you know how we how we want to talk about like getting into the story, but it. At times it moves really quickly, like whole years will pass and we will just see uh, the Jesus clone grown up. So when when uh, Jesus 2, <laughs> J2, is born, uh, Gwen names him Chris, but I guess his proper name is Jesus Christ. Um, and then it'll sort of flash forward and like Chris is five years old. Yeah, uh, he's going through being toddler and yeah, slowly up until he's 14 and... Rebellious. Right, <laughs> and we learn he is—he's uh, basically being ra- like educated by holograms and raised on this island, so that they're in international waters and, you know, uh, free from oversight. Uh, in the background, though, there is a group called the New American Christians that are uh, gaining in, you know. I, lo- I love how they change because uh, yeah. it initially they're oh, yeah, very exactly. against it. It's you know blasphemous that uh, that they're making a clone and he's a false idol and and then spoiler they switch teams later. <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, yeah, it's uh, they object to the whole reality show bit of it um, and yeah the blasphemy of clone of thinking someone could clone Jesus and then uh, I I don't know we I'm, I feel like I'm just kind of dancing around the obvious which is about halfway through the book Chris turns fourteen. Um, and Gwen has tried to escape the island several times, and there is this, uh, what is the thing? There's like a big public unveil. Oh, oh, they're going to get Chris to host some award show, and that's kind of when he unveils himself as this oh, well, his punk kid. Well, Gwen dies. Well, yeah. She leaves, and then um, she, does, she, she has yeah. an experience after she, she cleans up, because I guess being the mother of Christ is very difficult. So, <laughs> Well, and living on an island, like, yeah. only talking to, you know, reality show, uh, yeah, cast and crews. Right. So she, they have this giant operation to retrieve Chris from the island in which she dies in front of him, and it, it changes everything. He's very upset. Thomas is upset, and suddenly new ideas are sinking in. Um, and, and I guess that's how he wants to liberate everyone. I don't know if that's... He oh, kind of leads right, this new right. idea of thinking uh, that, you know, 
it's a sham. Right. I guess so. There's another uh, cast mate that we should introduce. Who's, that's Rebecca. Um, Doctor Epstein um, gets delivers a baby and is pregnant like shortly after Chris is born, about a year after, I guess. So he's kind of always grown up with this other girl, but she has seen the outside and she is not as like, you know, um, cloistered as he is. Uh, there's that other, I forgot about that other weird detail, which is like all the holographic educational tools are based to show Chris a creationist. Creationist, yeah. Very, <laughs> very Christian mentality. Very strict. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're dinosaurs or not. <laughs> no, and this kid grows up thinking like he's like asking his mom like, "Can I do that? Can I walk on water? Can I?" Yeah. Or 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 even there's one he, part where he's like, he asked, "I did that, right?" Right. Like, he's like, "Did I do that? Like, when do I get to do this again?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That part is super creepy. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, then, uh, so when he does see his mother die in front of him, like Gwen's obviously like, battled alcoholism and all this, and as you said, she finally escapes and cleans up, comes back, is killed in the. Sh- awful accident that looks like it's engineered by Slate um, and how do they uh, Chris then kind of turns the like they remove the filter so that he can Oh, they. Then... so Slate had turned off all the cameras so there's no evidence so no one oh, gets right. to see the truth and then because Chris is right there and he's demanding to perform a miracle on his mom oh, and yeah. it doesn't get to happen and I think that's when things clicked for him yeah uh, so then he re-educates himself with right. like the you know through this, punk, yeah, <laughs> through punk well, rock music. Well, and the and um, science and, so, and the yeah the database kind of yeah uh, yeah. There's like some cool little uh, um, what do we want? I mean, they're not even Easter eggs. It's just background details of like what records he's actually listening to. And there's I noticed there was like on the bookshelf there was like the God Delusion and oh, a couple yeah, of the, other like really the famous Easter eggs that are in yeah. there like big big punk uh, records. And then, yeah, name-dropping some big scientists. I love the shout-out to Carl Sagan. That was really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hale Sagan. Um, and he... So, yeah, so then Jesus Christ becomes an atheist. Right. And, <laughs> and joins a punk band. <laughs> and and is fine. I mean, he, he doesn't even escape from the island, though. It's like they take him off to be the host of some award show. Right, they and wanted to reintroduce him that, like, hey, everything's safe or good right. and fine. And uh, secretly, right before the show, he gets a mohawk and <laughs> makes a mockery of Slate. Right, so then um, th- that second half of the book is him as this punk rocker who's... Uh, a very cranky <laughs> teenager. <laughs> he's, he's very cranky, and it's... I, I don't know, we get hints of the, the world that they live in, like, New York has flooded. It's not quite, like... Right, we start to see, like, how... So the book, too, like, it was written in 2012, but it takes place next year in 2019. So it wasn't even, like, that far away. Right. Um, (laughs) And I was thinking about the progress of reality shows from when the Truman Show actually came out. Like, I think American reality TV was still kind of a novelty, and now it's so commonplace. Like, it's it's not even reality TV, it's just TV. I I mean, (laughs) we're living in one. (laughs) Right, and and so, yeah, once we pull away from J2 and we start seeing them travel the world and we understand, like, the downfall of our society on a global scale, uh, ecologically and, and maybe socially, too. It's, it's kind of alarming. I don't yeah. want this to happen next year. <laughs> no kidding. I think that was what, um, that's where Tom, like Thomas's backstory was always really interesting to me, but that's where it really, um, because Chris becomes really strident in his atheism and his views on revolution. And that's where 
Thomas, uh, yeah, Thomas becomes like the moderating force for it. Like he's the sort of reasonable voice that's like, I grew up with these. It breaks you know, my heart too because I think, uh, you know, his the the religious fight that the IRA has. It's it's almost like just an updated version of the Crusades. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it and I'm it him losing his faith breaks my heart or questioning his faith breaks my heart for Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's kind of alarming. It's like you know he's still looking for that guidance because he has the faith, but even though Chris doesn't, and how do you follow that leader then? <laughs> yeah, I, do you think there's a moment where I mean, I know there's sort of an explicit moment, but when Thomas starts questioning, or because he really believes that this is the clone of Jesus, right? Um... I mean, I can't think of, uh, I think he, I don't even think the death of Gwen, like, shakes his faith at that moment. I don't think Thomas has that. No, I don't. I think um, in that moment, with he already has so many murders. Uh, He tattoos crosses on his back because those are his his burden to bear. Um, But he... You know, I think in that he's already resolved that like Slate needs to go. He needs to murder him, uh, and he would be justified in doing so for the sake of the Savior. Yeah. Um, and I think later on, as Chris announces uh, his that position, I think that's when he really starts to dissolve. <laughs> yeah, there's a big. Um, I mean, there's definitely that moment for him where he has sworn that he would never kill again, and then. Um, but do you remember the scene where he, <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he just loses it and like, instead of just killing one person, like Thomas right. goes crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's the, you know, the oh, that, that's, that is definitely, that's the moment where he's appealing to Chris, like, you're going to save me, right? Like, you're going to redeem me for this because right. I'm protecting you. Yeah. Such sins. Murder. <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I've another thing I've kind of danced around. I mean, we've gotten into it a little bit, but that uh, the yeah, the atheism of the book is like um, on full display. Like it's <laughs> like that's what Sean talks about in his afterward is that, yeah, he lost his faith. Right. And I had um, at, during the book club when when this came up into discussion, I when I had initially read it, I understood that he was still a devout Catholic, but that had spent time questioning mm-hmm. or, you know, looking and appreciating its uh, science, which I know a lot of Christians that way, uh, which is good. Uh, I don't think anything negative about having faith in a similar way. Um, but yeah, I guess he, he did become an atheist and he thinks he's a better person for that. So that's. Did you ever think it was like kind of, um, was it like too much? Was the book itself too strident in this like the way it presented the atheism of Chris? I don't think so. Um, I feel like if you were 14 and your world just got flipped upside down, it would be that aggressive. And I think, I think, um, like, I love Thomas. And like I said, my heart breaks for him because I think that is his uh, story about the faith is more realistic of when maybe someone starts to get shaky about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's one of the things that I thought was so interesting about the book was that there was just, Sean Murphy did a really good job of characterizing, yeah, Chris is like a, a 14-year-old. When you when they lose their faith, they just, it's like black and white to them, you know? Right. 
Um, one minute he believes he's Jesus Christ, and then the next he's convinced God doesn't exist. Whereas Thomas is the more adult version of that, and like more reasonable and tempered. It's just crazy to think that with his background growing up around the IRA, that that he would be the moderate. You know, uh, that scene where his uncle talks to Thomas um, about being like his father. Uh, or raising him to be whatever he was going to be, like a soldier or not. Um, little baby Thomas says that he wants to be like his dad, and I think I may have been the only one that didn't look at it like, yeah, I want to be a soldier for the Church of God, or uh, that he wanted to be dead. Like, he may have been just so morbidly depressed at the Whoa. loss of his parents. Whoa. It's heavy. <laughs> yeah, that is heavy. I yeah. loved little baby Thomas' face. is so cute. But yeah, there's great little, like, panel sequence of, like, baby Thomas not saying anything, baby Thomas saying that, and then yeah. current day Thomas, you know, to... But we'll never know. Um, <laughs> we'll never wow, know. that is such a great question, because then it's... Re- um, yeah, I don't know if we should talk about that reveal, maybe. Uh, but there's some, like... We learned some other stuff about Thomas's background. Right. And he learns stuff about his father uh, that his, his father might not have actually wanted him to follow that path. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, yeah, the uncle has basically raised Thomas with this, um, uh, a lie. I mean, for sure. Actually, many lies because that. There's a lot of lies. Lies are a thing (laughs) in this book. I think, too, like when when Chris awakens, it's uh, the realization that, you know, Slate is doing this for money. And later we find out the shroud may not be what the clone was made from and all kinds of other things right um i think yeah just i'm not jesus there's a lot of lies in this book <laughs> I, um yeah and again i read it through this like you know my own uh, funny perspective of thinking this was sean's first like creator own like fully written and illustrated book so to me there were some of those like it was sometimes hard to see or to reconcile or justify, like, was he, you know, is he leaving out something here because he doesn't have enough space, or is it because it, this is first time doing this and putting it together? Um, but now, I mean, now in retrospect, I think it was all very deliberate. Um, I, I think there was a lot that was deliberate, and I think uh, I had read an interview, and he said that Karen Berger, who was still the editor at Vertigo, because um, they didn't want it initially, and oh. so later after Joe the Barbarian came out they're like okay we'll take a second look at it and she kind of helped him polish up parts of it okay so I don't know what excess was cut away but oh interesting and also I mean he mentions in that afterward he actually started writing this when he was still a believer right and so then he went back and you know rethought it and to me that seems so radical too to take this script that you've written and go back um I don't know, just the concept of what if the clone of Jesus Christ were an atheist is, <laughs> like, super radical. Like, <laughs> what a crazy idea. I think it's a nice one, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would want <laughs> I would want someone to not think that they're better than anybody else. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> were, there, um, were there other topics or issues that you brought up in the book club that, uh, you know, really jumped out to you? Uh, I have to think about it because that that meeting was actually really small. Lots of people couldn't make it, and so I'm glad that we're doing this oh, cool. so that we can everyone that missed it can listen in. <laughs> um, oh, Gwen and the angel, the guardian angel that saves her. Oh, 
uh, right. which I think is also super symbolic. Um, oh my because gosh. as we read comics, you know, whether it's superhero books or fantasy books, you know, what we take what's presented as fact because that's how it's shown to us. So we have to take that as the truth in the story. And so we see Gwen um, after she's in recovery and she wants to commit suicide and she jumps out the window and then she's saved by this angel and she has bruises on her shoulders. Right. Uh, but in the very next page, uh, she's like pushing this book uh, that's supposed to exploit J2. <clears throat> and the, the news anchor calls her out and is like, there's no evidence. Everything's locked. All the doctors said, like, you're full of baloney. Um, and I think that's, you know, even then as a reader, you're like, I can't trust this. Yeah. And it's then you question what's truth in the book more so. Yeah. Or you could. Maybe maybe people just skipped over. <laughs> and we get some details from uh, Dr. Epstein at the very end of the book that are make us questions about, like, Rebecca's, her daughter's origin story. I mean, she just basically right. attributes it to sort of a miraculous thing. And it's, we're left hanging on that, too. Like, yeah, how could, how, how did this happen? We um, did have some people in book club. I don't know if I want to spoil it too much for people that didn't read it, but uh, felt that Rebecca may have been the savior instead of Chris. I, um, yeah, I don't know my biblical history <laughs> that well, but I did Google, you know, the character of Rebecca in the Bible to, because oh. I was thinking like, well, is, is you know, who, I, I, especially because of the spelling of it, like they spelled mm-hmm. it in that biblical uh, Hebraic way, I guess. And I Googled it just to see, like, is there some clue I'm missing here? But she's the wife of Isaac and the mother of Esau and Jacob. So that kind of killed my theory. I originally thought it was, uh, I confused her with the wife of Abraham, who's kind of the father of the religion of, you know, like all the Judeo Christian, I don't know. Abraham's the father of three faiths kind of thing. So I only Sean Murphy knows. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> like, so I he know. kind of like ruined my little theory there. Um, but uh, he just had a crush on a girl named Rebecca or something. Maybe. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think I, everything else was so deliberate uh, that he absolutely chose that biblical name for a reason. Yeah, a car just drove up on the sidewalk. <laughs> I also spilled coffee on my pants. <laughs> Uh, or tea. Um, or tea. It's, uh, there had to be some reason she was named Rebecca. Um, it's a good Christian name. But, yeah, it was, uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I like the, I mean, the question that came out of book club. Like, was she the real <clears throat> savior? Um, you have I, to read the book to find out. I know. <laughs> With, and draw your and own make conclusions, your own, I think. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I I, th- I think it's on the back of this that it is, or in one of the quotes, someone describes it as a sci-fi book. And that was, I didn't read it that way at all. Like I read this as like a contemporary take on religion and reality TV. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to think of like how it could be sci-fi. I mean, it does have a lot of science in it. and Yeah. If it was like you know. slightly in the future, you know, does that <laughs> yeah, count very as sci-fi? Yeah, future. Um, yeah, the best kind of sci-fi, a meditation on liberty for the cyber age, was what Pop Matters called it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I wouldn't have, like, the liberty part of it, I wouldn't have put in there either, but I assume that's the danger of the pull quote. <laughs> um, 
All I can think of is all those, like, uh, when you go to Hobby Lobby and the signs that say, y'all need Jesus, and how the other side came out with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson shirts that say, y'all need science. I think that's, what? <laughs> that's, that's what just came to mind. <laughs> but, well, I didn't even know <laughs> Hobby Lobby had that. Uh, well, like, Hobby Lobby doesn't have Neil deGrasse Tyson, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Were there... I, Don't shop at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> They don't want women to have birth control. So. Are there? Um, sorry to sorry to take a hard <laughs> turn from that, but I agree with that sentiment. Um, are there uh, other books sort of in this, you know, meditation on uh, contemporary life and religion that you would recommend? That's a that's a tough one. I think this one's really unique. Um, I mean, I know there's books. Um, where religion plays a big part, but I don't know that it's so much in questioning faith. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is a super unique thing about this is because it it looks like, like the visual style of it is very much like at least the other, you know, Sean Murphy book I can point to, the White Knight book. So it, it has that, it's not drawn in like an alternative comics fashion, but it's definitely a story that you don't see in mainstream comics. Um, although it's got all the like I mean there's plenty of action sequences and oh yeah it's it's really fast I think when I used to uh, when I first read it I was shook by the ending because it ends so abruptly I'm like it felt like a movie Uh, I I know the ending you're talking about (laughs) and it's just very hard and fast like you know you're riding this wave of what's going on and you're, you're going, 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 and then the resolution is just. I literally that's did it. that thing where I like flipped back to see. If you skipped a page. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. wait, did. You know, what happened? There's just this one full page thing where you realize. Yeah, if it was a, in a movie, I just imagine, like, you know, they've got this. He's on his motorcycle, the thing that happens happens, and then you would just, like, it would cue the punk song right. with, like, a black <laughs> screen and credits rolling, and that's all you get, and then you're amped up and you have to leave. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's um, it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Did, were there, um, were there, like, and of course, like, confessing my ignorance here, I didn't, and you just said this, that I didn't, I didn't know that he uh, had done Tokyo Ghost, but... Um, uh, maybe that's not a good segue to this, but it just, there were times where it like really reminded me of like manga and like the action oh, yeah. sequences of manga. I sold, I sold Tokyo Ghost to so many people that weren't really into comics. And I'm like, do you like late eighties, early nineties anime? Because oh. it's totally like Dominion, uh, Dominion Tank Police or whatever, you know, Ghost in the Shell. Like if you like that stuff, you'll yeah. love this. And, and Punk Rock Jesus, especially because of the black and white printing of it, like it just had that feel to me of so many his like... His inks are so good. Yeah. I love that. I, I really hope there, there are his real fingerprints um, yeah. in the shading. I'm like, don't tell me that's CG'd in Well, there. there's one like, I keep looking at that one that's just on Chris's face right. on the cover. He uses it on cheeks a lot. Okay. And I'm just like, yes, you got your hands dirty. I like how was... can you have that control? I would be so mortified to like ruin any drawing. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I mean, I thought it was like a DNA kind of tie-in. No, I didn't it's really in think all about of it. But it, it. Yeah, it shows yeah, up in Chrononauts. It shows up in Joe the Barbarian. Whoa. Just using his fingers. That's a okay. high-tech technique. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. Are, is there any other, like, you've obviously done a lot of reading of interviews with Sean Murphy and stuff like that. Is there other trivia about Punk Rock Jesus that 
we should let readers know <laughs> before uh, they go into it? Actually, I only read like three interviews right before oh. I came. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> Try to brush up. I didn't uh, read any. And obviously, I didn't even know he was the one doing Tokyo Ghost and <laughs> Chrononauts. Yeah, read Tokyo so. Ghost. It's so great. I love it. Yeah, you've recommended that, that to romantic. me before. <laughs> and I think I was always like, I'm not even caught up with Black Science. I can't get into another Remender book. Yeah. but It's so good. Yeah. And Chrononauts, also, you've pitched to me. And Super fun. That one also feels like a movie, and I'm not a big uh, Mark Millar fan, but that one, it feels like a fun buddy movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no other trivia on, on <laughs> Punk Rock Jesus that you can think of uh, that we should talk about. I'm trying to think if there's know. anything we left out. Like, I... Hopefully we didn't spoil everything. Right. I don't think so, because I was... Um, They're in a punk band. <laughs> uh, there, there's a whole thing about them being in a punk band. I feel like that takes a backseat to the real headier dilemma of, of faith and losing faith. Yeah. Um, About being a good person. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree, but I, I also agree with what you said earlier about being like a 14-year-old and having your world totally change and the everything that that punk band does is so much what I can picture, uh, you know, any punk band when I was 14 like yeah that's how you it's, it's all black and white well like there's you, that that scene with with Rebecca where they're touring and she's touring with them and there's the the kid in the wheelchair who wants a blessing oh, yeah, he yeah, says yeah. that he he has faith but he loves the band um and she kind of like Chris wants to just be like no yeah like you're dumb I mean not he doesn't say it that way it's a little more eloquent yeah, I mean he slightly <laughs> argues with the kid right and and then Rebecca's like be nice like remember to yeah. be nice They're like don't uh just because you don't believe doesn't mean you should be a jerk to those people that do yeah I think that's a really important thing to throw in there I agree <laughs> it's like I, two panels it's really important <laughs> and then I feel like the way he comes back to the kid and takes a doesn't, picture doesn't doesn't give a in well he also <laughs> says like I'll keep you in my thoughts and I'll dedicate my next song right, to you. Right. And I was like, what a great way to say, like, I'm going to show you respect in the way that, you know, that right. I show respect, but I'm, I can't change what I believe to... He doesn't want to give special treatment to, especially since he doesn't believe that he's who he... Right, who the right. Kid he's not going to go through yeah. the motions and sort of, like, bless this kid if he doesn't, if he's not a believer, so... Right. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't. I don't think we've spoiled anything. I think this is definitely <laughs> worth picking up. <laughs> yeah, everybody read it. <laughs> <laughs> On your advice, I guess also pick up Tokyo Ghost and uh, maybe Chrononauts is is below there. Would you say um, recommend any other Sean Murphy books? Like just all of them. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> just read it all. <laughs> Actually, I wasn't that big of a fan of The Wake. I didn't finish it. It was very slow to come out. Okay. So I can't. I can't really put my stamp on that one. Is um, is Tokyo Ghost done? Was it just two volumes and it's over? Yes. And is Chrononauts done? Or is it <laughs> ongoing? Uh, you know, it's funny about that because I believe we the one of the things one of the Easter eggs in Chrononauts is a Punk Rock Jesus two book oh. on the shelf. I think. Weird. Uh, it was either I'm pretty sure it was Punk Rock Jesus two and not Tokyo Ghost two because I don't think Tokyo Ghost was out yet, but. Um, I hope there's not a sequel. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think neither. that should just end. Yeah. Um, I also hope that there's never a... Because when, when Chrononauts came out in trade, it said volume one. And I know Mark Millar, but I really hope that there's no volume two. Like, I think that should be done Oh, gotcha. By no, I thought it was an ongoing I, series because of that. Yeah, I don't yeah. want there to be more. Okay. Like, I hope maybe it's a joke, being like, oh, time travel, right? Like, right. volume one. But no, just, just leave it alone, please. 
<laughs> they should come out with just like volume 12 next. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know what's in between. So what um, is uh, Comics Bang reading for next month? Um, well, next month or... Because you're not doing July, right? Right, we do don't August. do July uh, because of Comic-Con and we don't do December because of Christmas. Um, but for August, <laughs> we'll be reading... Uh, an indie comic called My Blacks Don't Match by Drew Rausch. Um, it's available as a webcomic online. Um, and we're trying to get the graphic novels back in store because we keep selling out of it, which is nice. Kind of okay. a spooky, spooky comedy thing. Cool. Maybe it's not comedy, but um, it's, it's very cartoony. Do you know what day that will, what day uh, that book will be? We meet on the third Saturday of the month at 6.30 from 7.30. Okay. From 6, 6.30 to 7.30. At Comics Unlimited yeah, we meet at Comics Unlimited, but if you're running late, we actually set up in front of the bagel shop oh, down okay. the sidewalk. Oh, we don't good, have chairs. Good tip. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for d- joining me, appearing on this slightly awkward outdoor podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, everybody read Punk Rock Jesus by Sean Murphy. Um, and you can find this and all our other podcasts at findustthere.org. Do you want to plug anything? I know you have an you can Etsy follow me. shop and stuff. Yeah, I have an Etsy. It's Cyanide Sweetheart. And you can follow me on Instagram at Sweetheart Cyanide because I got in there too late <laughs> to flip it. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ow. Ow. Ow.